The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I hope you join us as we continue the fascinating Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor is currently in the book of 2 Samuel, in the section following the defeat of David's son, Absalom. Absalom had rebelled against his father, and David was forced to flee Jerusalem to go into Gilead on the other side of the Jordan River. When we left off last time in the sermon, David, upon hearing of the victory of his men in the war against Absalom, weeps and mourns for Absalom, who has been killed. David cries, O my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place. Because of the king's grief, the people become ashamed and disheartened until Joab brings wise advice to David. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he reads from chapter 19. You read in verse 5, Then Joab came into the house to the king and said, Today you have disgraced all your servants, who today have saved your life, the lives of your sons and daughters, the lives of your wives and the lives of your concubines, in that you love your enemies and hate your friends. For you have declared today that you regard neither princes nor servants. For today I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died today, then it would have pleased you. Then it would have pleased you well. Now, therefore, arise, go out and speak comfort. Literally, it's uh, speak to the heart of. Speak comfort. Speak to the heart of your servants. For I swear by the Lord Yahweh, if you do not go out, not one will stay with you this night. And that will be worse for you than all the evil that has befallen you from your youth until now. The pragmatist gives David good advice. We fought for you. The people fought for you. Both the princes and the servants, both the commanders and their men, and you regard none of us. You're weeping for Absalom as though you would have been more happy to see him alive and all of us dead. And yet we saved your life, we saved your family's lives, your, your son's lives. Now, if you keep it up, if you keep acting that way, David, you're going to lose everybody. And the evil that's going to come down upon you will be worse than anything that Saul did or Absalom did. You have to go out, go to the gate, and speak to the heart of your people, of the servants. Speak comfort to them. Now, David at this point is in Maenaim. That's in Gilead. Gilead is on the other side of the Jordan River. Remember, when he flees from Jerusalem, he goes over the Jordan River into Gilead. Uh, and that acts as his base during the fight with Absalom's men. And in verse 8, David heeds, he does what's right. He heeds the voice of Joab, and it says in verse 8, the king arose and sat in the gate. He goes to the gate of Maenaim, 
And they told all the people, there is the king sitting in the gate. He's a victorious king. He's not weeping. He's not mourning any longer. So all the people came before the king. There is the king sitting in the gate. They were happy the king was out in victory. And all the people come before him and they're comforted. And this shame they felt, which would have broken apart his people, is relieved. And then it says, for every one of Israel had fled to his tent. The people loyal to David are reinforced, and the Israelites that were against David, Absalom is dead, they're in confusion, so they flee back to their homes. And once again, we see that David is victorious. But the kingdom is in turmoil. Think about it. The old king, David, is outside the center of the kingdom. He's not in Jerusalem, right? He's over in Gilead. The new king that the Israelites crowned, his son Absalom, is dead. The Israelites don't know what to do. Do they bring the old king David in? They fought against him. What should they do? And you read in verse 9, Now all the people were in a dispute throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us from the hand of our enemies. David saved them from the Philistines, from all their enemies, from the Ammonites. He delivered us from the hand of the Philistines, and now he has fled from the land because of Absalom. So we have David over there. But Absalom, who what? Whom we anointed over us. God did not anoint Absalom. God anointed David. But the people broke the authority of God and anointed this one who told them what? What they wanted to hear. Absalom said what they wanted to hear. They said, we're going to make him the king. People love a ruler. They love a politician who tells them what they want to hear, as opposed to what they need to hear. So they're in a, they're in a quandary here. David has helped us. David is blessed by God. But we took Absalom and we anointed him, and he's died in battle. And then it says in verse 10, Now therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing back the king? So now they start to talk. Let's bring him back. Let's bring David back. We need David in Jerusalem. And so the men of Israel, and notice that expression, the men of Israel, the tribes of Israel, as opposed to the tribes of Judah. We're starting to hear in the scriptures for the first time a division, a distinction between northern Israel and southern Judah. Now, therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing back the king? We have to bring him back. Absalom's dead. Verse 11, David hears about this goings-on in the tribes, that they're talking about bringing him back into Jerusalem as king. And he sends to the priest Zadok and Abiathar back in Jerusalem. Remember, when he's coming out of Jerusalem, and we didn't study this part in 2 Samuel chapter 15, it's a good section to read if you want to read a passage later on today. It's a very dramatic section when uh, David and his family are leaving Jerusalem, they're fleeing, they're going past the Mount of Olives, and Zadok and Abiathar, the high priest, have the Ark of the Covenant, and they're following and they're waiting. And David says, no, you go back. You wait in Jerusalem. If the Lord wants me back, he'll bring me back. You call me when it's time. So now 
that Absalom is dead. And now that he hears the tribes want to bring him back as king, David sends to Zadok and Abiathar the priest, saying in verse 11, Speak to the elders of Judah, Judah, the tribe Judah, where Jerusalem is, right? Jerusalem's on the border of Judah and Benjamin. Speak to the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house, since the words of all Israel have come to the king to his very house? You are my brethren. You are my bone and my flesh. Why then are you the last to bring back the king? The words of all Israel have come to the king, to his very house. He's heard what the other tribes are saying. They're saying the other tribes who were against him are saying for him to come back. And you, Judah, you're my kinsman, you're my flesh and bone. Why are you the last to bring back the king? And you see that David has an inclination toward his kinsmen. And this is probably the hand of the Lord again moving to fulfill the words, the prophecy, what would happen to David's family, what would happen to Israel. David's saying, the other tribes are asking for me. Why aren't you asking for me? You're my flesh and blood. And he wants them to act faster than the other tribes. And he says, and say to Amasa. Now, Amasa is David's nephew. Amasa is Joab's cousin. But Amasa, who had been the captain in David's army, was appointed by David's son Absalom in this conspiracy to be the commander of the rebellion. So Amasa, who's from Judah, went over to his son's side and was the commander. He played Joab's role on the other side. And David tells them to make amends. He says, and say to Amasa, are you not my bone and my flesh? Are you not my relative? God do so to me and more also, if you are not commander of the army before me continually, perpetually, permanently, in place of Joab. David now forgives Amasa, and he puts him in Joab's place. Well, Joab disobeyed David when he killed Absalom, his son. So David is getting even with Joab in a sense, and he's going to replace him with Amasa, the enemy commander. And what is the result? Verse 14, so he swayed the hearts of all the men of Judah. Just as the heart of one man, you see how they are moved. And that's one of the things in the study, how the people are moved and the sinfulness of human the human race, how they will follow mob mentality, one person, one minute, another person, another minute. Just as they were so moved in one way, now they're moved another way. And they were hesitant to bring David back, and now the words of David have touched them just as the heart of one man. So they sent this word to the king, return you and all your servants. Come back to Jerusalem, David. His tribe, his kinsmen are for him. Come back to Jerusalem. Then verse 15, then the king returned and came to the Jordan. He's got to cross over, just like the Israelites had to cross over the Jordan to come in under Joshua. He has to cross over. The king has to return. And Judah came to Gilgal. Remember, Gilgal was the first place that the Israelites placed their feet in the promised land under Joshua centuries before when they crossed the Jordan River, right? So the tribesmen, the people from Judah come out. His kinsmen from Judah come to Gilgal. 
to go to meet the king, to escort the king as he comes across the Jordan from Gilead. He comes back from Jordan, across the Jordan into Palestine. And they're there to meet him. And they come out and also it says, let's see, in verse 17, there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him. So a number of Benjamites are there with those from Judah. And if you know a little bit of your history about Israel, about half or more of the tribe of Benjamin, later on when there's a split, will align themselves with Judah. And you normally say the two tribes versus the ten tribes, the two southern tribes, Benjamin and Judah, but it's really not all of Benjamin. It's like half or more than half of Benjamin. You also have part of Simeon. Simeon, as Jacob prophesied, just kind of disappears and gets absorbed into Judah for the most part. And then you have the other tribes which are rounded off as 10, the 10 northern tribes. So just like in the schism, you have the tribe of Judah and a large number of Benjamites that come out. And they're coming out, verse 18, then a ferry boat went across to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. So they're going to bring, they're going to usher the king back to Jerusalem. We'll have to break at this point and continue the sermon in our next broadcast. But we hope you have enjoyed your time listening to Shear Jeshub, and that this program is valuable to your walk with the Lord. If you enjoy these Bible teachings by Pastor Greg, we would like to invite you to worship the Lord with us at our Sunday service. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut, at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. And may our Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.